Yo, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the No Prisoners podcast. Just want to give a quick shout out to After Five Media for putting this whole thing together. If you're ever in any need of media services, such as photos, videos, even podcasting, check them out. They got you covered. Link is in the description below. Also, check out their Adobe stock links and also their Love Pack links. It's a great way to get your business looking nice and professional, whether it's your website or your Instagram posts. They got you covered. Also, check out our affiliate links for extra wallets i use the wallet myself best wallet i've ever purchased they come in aluminum leather whatever material you can think of they got you and they're so sleek and so damn good looking i don't know what else to say about it check them out link in the description below and last but not least enjoy the show So you go by Silas, right? Yeah, yeah, Silas, man. And it's Adams. Silas Adams. Such a cool... It's okay. <laughs> Silas is also the name of serial killer on Da Vinci Code. Oh, oh is it, it is. Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, shit. I know. So we're like, well, with that, we've got a potential serial killer on the <laughs> podcast tonight. Walk by five of them a year or something like that. Right? <laughs> yo, yo, well, there is a... I will say there's a special statistic that I've heard before that I'll share with you because of our guests. Okay. It's a jiu-jitsu statistic. You're more likely to walk past a murderer on the street than a black belt in jiu-jitsu. That's true. Facts. Mm. And without further ado, we have Silas Adams. <laughs> who isn't a black belt, not a black belt. Someday might be a white belt. <laughs> like if now. he goes back. <laughs> Full time. Full time. What would it take you what would it take you to get a black belt from where you're at right now? Oh man, I have a, I'm a no stripe brown belt, and I don't do competitions, at least not anymore. So, uh, it would take probably me competing again in the newer rule sets, and having a proven track record of success mm. there, right? So, with like the fifty fifty rule, like with leg locks and yeah, with now. leg locks and stuff yeah. like that, like the more common rule sets. I mean, IBJJF just changed their rule set to allow some leg locks, especially at the brown belt level, but. For me to actually get back in there and like start to get promoted and matriculate through the ranks again, especially under Danny and Nick over at Movement Art, it's like I would need to be a high level competitor. Yeah. So is that that's the gym? That's your gym now? Yeah, it's my home gym, Movement Art. Um, you know, Nick and Danny just opened that up. They got their black belts under Mike Musumeshi, who just rolled in the ADCC comp with uh, Geo. I watched it. It was it was a pretty good match. Yeah. It was pretty solid. It was really exciting. It, it just it, it it was really cool. It's always really cool to see the high movement, the high like the high functioning like thought process at that. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, and Geo Geo said it in his post interview. Him posturing up, standing back up is probably not the best move. Yeah. At that point in that match, but I mean, Mikey is a savage. Danny and Nick are, are savages. So I, like, I really like, I don't know either of those guys. I, I really like their branding. Um, their video and their content on online is, oh yeah, is really yeah. is really great. Um, honestly, I, I think there's so much room at the table for jujitsu gyms in the area. Like, I'm happy. As long as they're good gyms and, like, they're good people and everything like that, I'm happy to see more of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, more more people training, I think. Um, like I get the competition between gyms, but like more people training is, is overall better for the sport. Absolutely. And especially if you have athletes that transition into different gyms, learn different styles. Yeah. You know, 
see different things on the mats. You're better and more equipped to handle different things on the mats by going to different gyms. You know what I mean? So I'm always a big proponent of people cross-training at different gyms. Uh, I really like Nick and Danny's teaching style. Yeah. Very, very detail-oriented. They have a high-level, you know, conception of the sport. So They still do that kind of, like, traditional class set where they're doing, like, instructional and then roll live training after yeah instructional yeah. and then you go one-on-one or two-on-two and then they do the live sparring cool so that's legit they do like private training and stuff like that over there too or no i think they do some gyms um, just just like the people don't have the bandwidth to do it it's, it's a lot of work to yeah like, and they i mean they have got a lot of really good purple belts really good brown belts there too so like even if you can't get a private with danny or nick i'm sure one of the you know the browns or purples they're gonna give you the same level of instruction that's know? a huge thing some somebody random that doesn't even train um brought that up to me this morning they're like how that's so weird they were like how's that work like are higher belts like in class or with like lower belts like who's trained like you're doing live training but is it just a bunch of white belts like not really learning anything like how's that all work so when people ask or you know the times i've talked about it with people like when you look for a gym you want to see like a good diversification of ranks like if if it's lopsided any which way and like the middle ranks lower upper like it's a different experience than if you have like a little bit of everything that is true you know if there's one black belt teaching the class there's 16 brown belts one blue belt and a, a few white belts like yeah obviously it's going to be geared towards more the brown belts you know and those white belts are going to get tougher roles, you know. So it also probably leans them to get discouraged a bit because the entire class is top-heavy. Live sparring is top-heavy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have brown belts smashing white belts. Yeah, because... I mean, I'll heel hook a white belt. <laughs> I don't really care. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Yeah, that's quote what... that. <laughs> I'll heel hook a white belt. <laughs> like, that's, you know... Yeah, you came here for this. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you just like whisper in his ear, like you're paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This comes with your membership. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So like overall, how long like were you training up until you took like your little break? Yeah, so uh two thousand four is when I started. Um I got stationed in California, twenty nine palms. Give a shout out to the worst base in the Marine Corps for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'll have to come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, started training out of 29 Palms out of a small gym. Uh, met a guy who was training out of 10th Planet, LA. Uh, and him and I. And that's to, Eddie Bravo's Eddie gym. Eddie Bravo's gym, yeah. And if those of you who don't know Eddie Bravo, he believes in flat earth. He d- <laughs> and he's also nasty at yeah, jiu-jitsu. nasty jiu-jitsu guy. So we allow it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Started training there in 2004 uh, with, a, with a buddy of mine. Uh, deployed a couple of times. Continued training. Hopped around to different 10th planets in that, you know, California area. Yeah. Um, and I ended up, just before I got out of the Marine Corps in 2012, I, like, cut it off because I was like, all right, well, now I got to focus on transitioning out of the Marine Corps. Fucking going back to school. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, all that nonsense. So. It is what it – what would – before we get into, like, the transition, what was, like, training – like at 10th planet was that i hear good things and then you i mean you just hear stuff but like yeah. i i know a lot i i like eddie bravo's style and what he's yeah. brought to the sport so i'd be interested to hear what it was like training at kind of like that gym that was on the innovative side of yeah in 2004 man it was very cutting edge right yeah. like it wasn't a really good it wasn't a really prominent gym we didn't really know anybody he hadn't had his match with uh any of the Gracies at that point mm. right um but to me, training at that gym was just the only experience I knew. 
Oh, right. so you could just it was yeah, whatever. Dude. Yeah. It was like it was like okay, I guess this is okay. it. Right. So rubber guard playing those funky different submissions, dead orchard, anything like that, kind of came second nature because I hadn't learned the Gracie style. I hadn't been through Gracie competitives. I haven't been through any of that. So interesting. It was rubber guard leg lock game for yeah. the first six years of me learning jujitsu. See, that's cool. That's cool to me because like I'm from a Gracie gym. Yeah. So like it's traditional. So like when I hear other like I'm like, what's going on over there? What are you guys? What kind of magic are you doing over there? Yeah. Sorcery. And it, that 50-50, like just like the lower half of the body wasn't really considered as much until he kind of like yeah, I mean, he, pushed it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and he, it was effective. And I think it that's worked. why it became as big as it is, as it is because yeah. now this guard is being incorporated, these type of submissions and this type of offensive game is being incorporated in MMA very pervasively. What's his name? That guy that just, the, the UFC fight we watched um, with Connor. The first fight that we watched in the was it with Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall, yeah, Ryan he trained. Hall. He trained with uh, a judo coach that I had, um, Justin Flores, and I saw him post up that they were like, you know, yeah. he had trained with them back in the day, and I was like, oh, cool, Ryan Hall's fighting this weekend. Like, that's gonna be sick because that guy's known for, you know, just diving face first in on some dude's leg and just wrapping up on the ankle, and then the fight's over. But he's like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> and the dude's like, my ankle just yeah. got took. Then, sure. but he, yeah, he. Uh, in that fight, he did you watch that? I didn't watch the fight, but he, I knew he was fighting in that. Yeah, he, he dove in on it. The guy rolled his shoulder and then pinned his arm back. He, like had his was like had, a shoulder lock? Had him and then was just pounding oh. his face like a just like a like a and I don't if, even know, like a big drum. And if you can't defend yourself, the fight is called. Yeah, he just that's <laughs> what it was, man. So Yeah, man. So after you left the Marine Corps did you, like, you went back to, I guess you were, like, had to transition. So, like, what was that like in terms of, like, you went back to school? You yeah, probably so, had to move. Yeah, I moved from California to Pennsylvania for a girl. Dumbest move ever. <laughs> probably should have stayed in California, right? <laughs> but, like, moved out here, you know, lived with that chick for a minute. And then I went back to school. I went to college. Okay. And I was 26, 27. And I'm getting into college, and there's a bunch of these 18-year-olds, like, trying to figure out life. And I'm like, well... I'm just here to go to school. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go to your frat party or like, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. And yeah. I, could, I mean, yeah, I totally. Yeah. I mean, so it was a very stark reality because I'm coming from literally combat probably a year before this to being in finance 101 with 18 year old Susie. That's going whose from biggest life problem is the high speed to low speed. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm just like, man, fuck. So it was daunting, you know, I didn't really like it too much. Where'd so you go to school? I went to Temple. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, what year did you graduate Temple? 2015. All right. Yeah, man. Started in 2013, graduated in 2015, and I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, I graduated 2011 in December. So, I was mm. like, all right, we crossed paths, but we didn't, unfortunately. I know, I know. We could have been friends earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a purple belt by now. Yo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> True story. No, nah, I mean, transition was is what it was, man. Like, I had to find myself with other vets because a lot of people just didn't really understand our cruel humor. You know, like, they didn't really get our mentality. So oh, yeah. Surrounding yourself with other vets is probably the best way to transition, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Did you have 
did you find yourself just having a hard time with just like everyone in society or was it just like just the school and like the youth and like that, that it was, period? It was time? mostly the youth, like yeah. the softer people who thought the end of the world was them failing an exam, right? And then it would just be them constantly complaining, right? Mm. And I don't do well with complainers, period, but like they were always complaining and it just got that. so tiring. Yeah, it's, so. pro- it's probably worse now. Oh, and group projects. Oh, I group projects. I mean, most people hate group projects, but I, I, I hated group projects. Yeah, because you were in there with, like, children. Exactly. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was rough. What, it was rough how old were you when you went into the Marine Corps? I was eight, just turning 18. All right. So I went, I was, grew up in a Bristol. I don't know if you know Bristol Borough. Mm, I know Bristol. Yeah, so I grew up in Bristol, and then... Uh, 2004 came, graduated, and, like, literally jumped right in. And was like, huh? <laughs> I went to the recruiter office, and I went to each branch, and I was like, oh, what's the Coast Guard do? And they sold their little spiel. Mm. I was like, what's the Navy do? And they sold their spiel, and I was like, well, which one's the hardest? And they're like, the Marines. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> and I, like, I was in boot camp, and it's like the first day I cried. <laughs> in, like in, what have i done yeah, in, in boot camp it's just like man with this crazy hat is like breathing on my face i'm just like crying <laughs> whimpering <laughs> yeah you've had like every orifice of your body investigated yeah this dude's right? screaming in your face yeah, like... dude, they made you get naked and do like the duck walk <laughs> you you know what i'm talking about bruce knows yeah they're like <laughs> Let me see your butt. And they're like, oh, okay. They're like, no. But. And I'm like, oh, like that. <laughs> so, yeah. You want, me get, you want me to get you some binoculars? <laughs> Do you need a telescope? Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, man, I was, that was boot camp life, man. It's like first two days of processing. <laughs> Did you know you wanted to go in the Marines or rather like into the military type lifestyle for a long time? Or like, what was that? why that it was i mean it was straight impulse man and like i was i was really good athlete like i I ran track in school um and i got some dumb shit like right after i graduated high school didn't end up going to college but like something always stuck out to me because 9-11 i was in like eighth grade i think everybody who was alive at least during 9-11 knows where they were yeah so like that image of a terrorist attack on u.s soil has always lived very prominently for sure and I then, remember my teacher in junior high, like, wheeled a TV. We were in, sh- like, one of those shop-type classes, and he wheeled a TV over and plugged it in and was like, you guys just have to see this. And we were like, oh, whatever. We're building these, like, little floatable rafts to compete <laughs> to carry flog across. Remember that shit? Yeah, you carry golf balls across and hope your boat didn't sink. <laughs> we're all like, all right, cool, Mr. Kaminsky. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what's going on on this TV? I'm like, what am I even watching right now? He's like, well, that's New York City. I'm like. Was that building on fire? And then the second, second plane, plane watched Like, I literally yeah. watched it live on TV. Yeah, I remember that shit, too. Yeah. Wait, how old were you when that t- happened? I was in seventh grade. Oh, shit. I was six years old, so I don't yeah. think I really remember that much. It was wild, though. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I literally was just like, oh, yeah. shit. And then I rem- literally remember, like, people's parents, ca- like, literally kids were just leaving the class. Like, every every yeah. couple minutes, like, the phone would ring in the class, and they'd be like, all right, so-and-so, go to your office. Your parents are here. Like, literally, pe- people's parents were just coming to the school and just picking them up. I mean, because realistically, we were, if you were in Pennsylvania at the time, you were a 40-minute flight. Well, like, we, we like, that. the area that we grew up in was, like, it's a pretty affluent area. So, a lot of the people that worked in our area, like, 
had parents or neighbors or somebody that were like in there in that yeah. building. So like there was Shit. like we did know people whose parents like did die in that building yeah. or like Dave's so like obviously you know Big Dave like yeah. he lost people in there. Oh, he did. Yeah. So like Damn. that's what started his whole hug bill, like the whole world. Oh, yeah. Wow. So like, yeah, I totally, I totally get to that. I know there's like this one Instagram account, uh, Soul Snatchers. You know them boys. They have this one. They just have like this one. Like they just make these like little video clips. And it's just, like, something about that, but it's literally, like, with every beat or, like, the thing, it's just, yeah. like, the plane hitting the building every time. And then it's just, like, a bunch of, just like, the 75th just, like, rolling into this thing and well, just that's, fucking shit up. That's another thing, man, is, like, I remember being in boot camp and Bush being, like, we're going. It's that stay hungry one. This video is, like, yeah. hardcore as shit. Timmy, went with, or uh, Bruce, you went with some headphones on. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did not put headphones on in the beginning. That's that dude that's, like, joined the Rangers, like, super old Tim that I was telling you about. You know that guy? Yeah, they make some cool shit, man. Yeah, but it, like, it turns up after a while, and I, I watch this before I run in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah, like, every morning. You bumped. Yeah, I like the aesthetic they choose. The colors are super cool. I've reached out to them a few times, or a couple times, been like, if you guys need anything, because they they do training. They as an org- they did they as an organization mm. do trainings. Yeah, I think that's where they make their money. Is it's trainings? I don't think they make anything on the content. That's a bad band right there. And then it just like goes through a bunch of dudes that just like the initial mm. dude's a bad man. He's a bad man, dude. You know his brother. Yeah, I watch this in the song, yeah. and then I'm just like, I'm gonna fuck some shit up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go run and spray it. Yeah, in. <laughs> right. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. He's. And he just goes through like this whole list of dudes. Damn. Oh, my Tillman. boy. Yeah, we all know Tillman. Everybody yeah. All their videos are legit. If you need something to get get you fired up, yeah, soul signatures, his voice. But anyway, so you knew, like, you were just athletic, and you kind of just hit a spot in your life where you were just like, I need to do something here, and this seems yeah, like, man. This I seems mean, like the next sport to do. It was also like challenge myself, like you know what I mean. Like mm. In track, I was always running, and I, I was running like a four, four fourteen, four fifteen mile. In high school, so it was like, God damn, holy shit! <laughs> like I almost hit, threw up. <laughs> I hit, you know, the Marine Corps IST. I can drive that fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, Marine Corps IST comes around. I was like, yeah, like, let's let's just do the Marine Corps. Let's see how you know good I am. And Marine Corps is like, oh, if you run eighteen minute three mile, it's a hundred points or whatever to score. And I was like, all right, well, Marines sound like they're the shit, so let me just go in the Marine Corps. 
Yeah, I, then, love, I love that. Mentality. And then I turn quick bitch, like day two processing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to gray man through this. Well, <laughs> I couldn't gray man through it, man. They, they, they picked me out as soon as I started crying. They're like, you're, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you're getting fucked with for 13 <laughs> weeks, bro. <laughs> Yeah. You'd be like, come here, raindrops. Yeah, raindrops. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, th- and then I, they saw I was a good runner, and they are like, we're going to leave him alone for now, because we can't catch him. But <laughs> if, he, if he starts crying too hard and runs away, we're not going to get him <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> we, need that, we need everybody we got. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you, when you went into the Marine Corps, I mean, everybody fights in the Marine Corps. Yeah, to I, some, mean, I mean, te- technically, that's te- what their yeah. like, thing is. So obviously, not you the go- band members, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they got to get ready for like football games. And yeah, stuff like and that. like play the drums and the bugle. The bugle. <laughs> I don't even know what a bugle is. like. It's what like that instrument is? <laughs> oh, that, it's, I think it's a horn or something. We're like going. Sounds like a horn. It. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, yeah. horn-like object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out to the bugle players in the Marine Corps. <laughs> There's probably we could probably find somebody's Instagram account that's like lead bugle player for the, oh, for the Marines. Get, you're about to get hate comments. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled. So when you went into the Marine Corps, did you have any taste or like idea like what kind of direction you wanted to go when you went in? Um yeah, so I, I initially wanted to go in the intelligence community, but like that was extremely hard to get into given where we were positioning ourselves in the Middle East and in different sections of the Middle East. Like you could be, you could speak Farsi and like all this other stuff and be good in Afghanistan, but your skills didn't translate in Iraq. Right. So intelligence community was really difficult to get into. So I ended up being a communicator, 0621 radio operator Mm. and it's a combat arms MOS, but you're more specialized in technology a little bit. Um, And then literally my first deployment was under, I deployed as a QRF, which is a quick response force, like right outside of Fallujah. Okay. And like uh, we were in charge of Route Michigan and some of the other MSRs. Um, so like you guys were con- in control of like making sure routes were maintained. Well, routes were maintained, but also if a unit got pinned down, they would call our QRF. And then you guys and would we roll were, in hot. Yeah, we would be the 911 force. And we'd have, sometimes we'd have artillery support, sometimes we'd have tank support, sometimes we'd have... Section of helos or section of F-18s on, on station. And, like... So, for those that don't understand, the QRF, I guess you could say, is 911 exactly. when they're when you're out. And, and when shit hits the fan. Yeah, yeah, when you're out there and there is nobody else. Exactly. It's like you hope you have the option. Exactly. And a lot of times we had Overwatch. And I didn't really know what the fuck Overwatch was. But, mm-hmm. like, as soon as we would leave the wire, they'd be like, okay, well, you have Overwatch on this mission and they're this sector, this sector along this MSR or in this quadrant of Fallujah, you have Overwatch. And I didn't really know who the fuck that was until <laughs> I saw American Sniper and Chris Kyle's fucking call sign was Overwatch. And I was like, oh, it all fucking makes sense now. <laughs> I was like, no wonder we never got fucking pinned down because Chris Kyle was over there fucking shooting people. <laughs> yeah, but, like, We're kind of, I kind of know him. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I didn't know him, no, but like, I remember his call sign being over the radio many times. Oh, that's no, sick. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I man. saw his um, when I last last time I was in Texas. I saw his uh, like headstone. Yeah, it's uh, pretty intense. His um, his like wife's hands and like their kids' hands are kind of like Han Soloed coming out of. Oh, the, that's pretty dope. It's like this huge, cr- huge. I don't even know how to describe this headstone. And when we were standing there, these two dudes walked up to us and they're like, 
<laughs> beards and like everything. Like, can we get a picture? I'm like, yeah, sure. And like the one dude turned out to be like a Navy SEAL, but he didn't know Chris Kyle. Yeah, yeah. But he was like there with his brother. He's like, yeah, we just had to come see it. And I was like, all right, cool. Damn, I'll take your picture. So yeah. I they were just, you could get this vibe from the one dude. You're like, what's up, cowboy? Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, like, yeah, hey, what's going on here? And it, I think Texas has like the most, the most amount of like special operations people to ever come live yeah, in Texas. Live in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't pick a fight in Texas. Don't pick a fight in Texas. Don't pick a fight near Fort Benning, Georgia. That's or San Diego. All, yeah. San Coronado. Do not do it. Yeah. <laughs> but Fort Benning, Georgia, Coronado. Because you got Texas. like Coronado, you got like Navy SEALs, jujitsu guys, yep. UFC fighters. You literally have like tons of different sports all Fort Benning, you got the yeah. tier one operators. You're, yeah. Don't fuck <laughs> with those guys. Um, oh, see. yeah. See, that's it. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Then I walked up and I was like, hmm, interesting. I mean, you got, you can go to Quantico and start picking fights because you got officers down there. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so you joined in 2004 you said yeah 2004 and then um, when did you like how soon into that like how many years later did you like find yourself my first there? deployment mm. man literally <laughs> i got to my first unit and they're like we're deploying and it was like literally six weeks later <laughs> i was in iraq and so that was like real quick that was like oh, a year oh, yeah. of training almost and then you were there it wasn't even a year worth of training i think we did like our pre-workup the second version of the pre, the unit's pre-workout or pre-workup, and I just joined the unit. So the unit was deploying. I just so happened to got attached to that unit. Oh, damn. And then they are like, you're going too. And I was like, well, shit. All right. Oh, I guess damn. this is it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, deployed. And then I just so happened to get stuck with the QRF because it was part of the reg regimental combat team seven is kind of who had that AO, where it was like Fallujah, TQ, all those like really hot spots in 2004. Um, and then the only reason I got stuck with the QRF is because one of the other radio operators like punched an upper armored vehicle and broke, and his, broke hand. his hand. And I was like, you bitch. You dumb, dumb. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, How'd you do that? And they were like, Adams, you're going to go to the QRF. And I was like, but why me? <laughs> <laughs> I could just run. I'm yeah. a runner. <laughs> but why me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was yeah, like. Does the Marine Corps have a track team? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like emailing and calling my, my family, my sat, the sat phones. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, they're like, they're like, they're like do your will. I was like, I'm only 18. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> they're like who's gonna be your power attorney for your car i was like i just bought the car <laughs> camaro so, no it was a cadillac because I, oh, I was shit i thought i was a shit you know what, yeah, I mean? what kind of cadillac did you get it was like a 1999 eldorado Ooh. Yeah, dude. it's a sick Straight cadillac G. Yeah, G. Bro. you know throw some rims on that shit what's I, he I driving <laughs> what's he not. driving training day cutlass <laughs> yeah cutlass yeah, is it cutlass yeah, yeah. Training. They're kind. They kind of. They kind of give off the same vibe if you look yeah. at them at the right angle. Kind of. Monte Carlo. What it uh, says here. Monte Carlo. Hmm. I guess Got it that wrong. Carlo. Damn. Uh. Shows what I know. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, and then I came back from Iraq. You know. Hanging out. Got all this deployment money. Not twenty one yet. I'm like, what do I do? You know. Yeah. And I ended up just getting in, like, crazy trouble trying to spend. I was, man, I was doing stupid shit. Yeah, like what? Like, sneaking into clubs. I was. I changed my military ID to, like, where I looked like I was 21. <laughs> you know what I mean? How? <laughs> 
Okay, well, I'm about to blow up everyone in the Marine Corps spot. <laughs> 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 so, like, 1986, whatever year you got to... Essentially, you have a plastic coating over your, over your military ID. Yeah. You can pull that plastic coating back if you heat it up some. And then you just take, like, a newspaper, because everything's Times New Roman in the military. So, like, you just take a newspaper, pull a number out of the newspaper, stick it back there, glue it, and reheat it, and stick it back. Wow. It's good to go. It's good to go. <laughs> yeah. You know? So you never got caught with that? Nah, I never got caught with that. <laughs> I never got caught with that. Smooth operator. I know, I yeah, right. That was like 2005. Like, fake IDs were... Yeah, like, shit, yeah, they fake. didn't have technology back fake. then. Yeah, right? <laughs> so fake IDs were like, no. Think about how much like how much chain has changed since 2005. It's crazy. Instagram is nuts. Fucking so, Twitter is nuts. Social wild. media is wild. I don't really do... I've never really gotten into the Twitter so much. The Twitterverse. I just, I just imagine, like, some of the shit that we would post or we would say on deployment if that shit ever got out. Oh, my <laughs> 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 yeah, a good thing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, man. Yeah, there's probably all kinds of, like, briefs and things like that now. Oh, yeah, just, be yeah, like, yeah. just a reminder, we are watching your Instagram pages. Yeah. mess up. They do do that now. Yeah, I bet you yeah. that. Yeah, I bet there's probably tons of money wasted on just watching our own soldiers make sure not post dumb shit on Instagram. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a, when I when I taught CQB and CQC, I had a student, and everybody had knives on them. But like, it was one morning, and I was like having a hard time opening my fucking packaged eggs from Wawa or whatever it was. And I tell the students like, "Hey, throw me a knife." And he threw the knife, and it opens in midair, and I just have this oh shit moment. Like this thing is gonna fucking go right in my foot. So I move my I move my foot back, and it goes into my leg. <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck. I was like, and I look at it, and the student is looking at me because at that time I'm a sergeant, and like he's a PFC or like he like yeah. super low. Yeah. And now he's like, oh shit, I just stabbed the CQC instructor, the close quarters combat instructor, with a knife. <laughs> he's like, shit's about to get real. And I was like, I just took it out, you know, opened my eggs, continued teaching the class. And one of the students like, hey, uh, Sergeant Adams, your your boots full of blood. <laughs> and I looked down. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first and only time I've ever had stitches in my life, too. So it's like, it's like, I was like, fuck, man. Like, this kid would fucking stab me in a class where I teach knife defense <laughs> with a fucking knife. Like, you know, like, was like, oh. So that was. Uh, so you got into hand-to-hand combat stuff while you were in the military. Yeah, so if I had to plot out a timeline of my military time, so it's like 2004 deployed, 2006 deployed, came back. In 2007, I went and worked at the embassies, like protecting ambassadors, um, guarding embassies. And then I got attached to Bush's protected division, uh, Condoleezza Rice's protective division, Marine One, and then finally made it back to the fleet in like 2009. Mm. Uh, 2009, 2010 was all, I was in Tanks Battalion, 2009, 2010. That was a fucking shit show. <laughs> tanks are just horrible. But anyway, um, <laughs> 2010 deployed to Afghanistan, uh, and then right back to back deployed to Afghanistan, 10, 10, 11. So did you prefer times. what, what like country did you prefer the most to deploy to? I was in Finland for a year and that shit was boss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was super exotic. <laughs> the only black yeah, guy in England. I was one of five, bro. Oh yeah. shit! And three worked at the embassy. <laughs> Shout out. So you know, I was like, man, like this is awesome. Like there, were, I P 
people would look at me. They would stare at me. Oh, it was. A, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, you're like a cheetah. I was. Yeah, I'm a beautiful cheetah. Yeah. Beautiful chocolate man running around in <laughs> Scandinavia. They're probably, oh my God, I love your accent. I've had, like, I'm just American. <laughs> yeah. The, the day I flew into Finland, man, there's this little girl. And they all spoke English, but like this little, I'd say she's like six or seven. Like I was looking at shit like in the state store because they sell <laughs> liquor in the airport. And she comes up and tries to rub my skin off. What? Yeah, and her mom. Like, oh, I thought you were going to be like, she tried to bite you. Like She tried to rub my skin off because she's never seen a black person before. Wow. So it was pretty legit. That's oh, crazy. And mom's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's good. Whatever, Jesus fucking kid. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know any better. Yeah, they don't know any better. Yeah, fucking racist ass kid. I know. <laughs> he's born that way. See, he's born the skin. Yeah, sure. It got it in their DNA. Every <laughs> Afghanistan kid, though, always thought I had chocolate on me. What? Fun fact. Yeah, because, you know. I've heard about those Afghanistan kids. Yeah, they, that's they, crazy. Like, you know, candy, candy. And, like, they. None. They would not go to anyone else for chocolate. They would come straight to me. <laughs> they thought you were the candy man. Uh, apparently, they felt like I could peel off chocolate from my ass crack. I'm like, here, here's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never did I ever have chocolate on me, but they always came to me and asked me for chocolate. That's fucking crazy. I mean, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But I guess to if you them, grow up in a mud hut yeah. and you've only seen <laughs> mud 20, hut. twenty people in your entire life, exactly. Like, I guess. That's interesting. Yeah. And then the military that taught us to shake everyone's hand mm. in in those towns. Because if they're farming towns and someone you shake someone's hand and they have soft hands, you they're, just mark them. They're infiltrator. Yeah, they're Taliban. Oh, it's makes Taliban. sense. Yeah. Fuck, you got pussy-ass hands, dude. That's right. They're little man hands. Yep. Man yeah, hands. I need to see calluses. But. Nuts and butts. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, man. That's so they like so was your nickname Candy to the locals? <laughs> no, I, just Chocolate like, Man was like what I want. I got all the time to the locals. Chocolate, chocolate Man. Um, when I I've I've been to a couple places in um, uh, Africa where they they vary about calling me Mister Alibaba because of my beard. They would just oh, be like Alibaba. <laughs> like literally everywhere you go, like in Morocco, it's like Alibaba. I'd be like, yeah, do you know Alibaba? You could turn a corner and be like, Alibaba. You'd be like, dude, seriously? Oh, what do you all know about this? Is this some sort of joke? Are you like, what's up, dude? Everybody, taxi drivers. I'm just like, this is shit. Yeah, I could never grow like a full beard like that. Like oh, really? anytime I grew a beard out, it was always like an afro on my face. <laughs> so like I could never, I like could never get it. <laughs> yeah, it was Kimbo. always like yeah, looked really out. grungy, and I'm like, nah, I got to keep it short now. Oh shit! But yeah, I could never get like a full luscious beard like you got. You know, what I mean? damn, dude. I know beard oil. Beard oil. That's what you do, huh? You can. I don't. Your, you I don't have any beard oil. I have. A, I, I got you beard oil beard. once. I still have the same bottle I I was given like uh, a while ago, years. Every yeah. now and then, like if it's a special occasion, I'll hit it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> there hasn't been too lathered. many spe- special occasions over the last year, though. But they're ramping up. Yeah, they're ramping up. We're giving a go- way a GoPro, so we're gonna have yeah, come more on. things. Oh, like man, giving away a GoPro. Yeah, yeah. giving it away, bro. Yeah. Have you seen the video? No. We'll show it to you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull it up. I've, I've heard the audio too many times. Yeah, same. I just like no <laughs> word for it right now. Yeah. I, can just, I can just recite it back. Anyway, shout out. Go, go get yourself a GoPro if you're listening. Yeah, subscribe. Um. It sounds like you had a pretty exciting career though in the mil in the Marine Corps though. Yeah, it sounds man. like you did the Marine Corps. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of stuff, and I think you know that those experiences make me a better rounded individual. Mm. Um, gave me a lot of initiative, right? Um, I'm a go getter, like 
from a corporate perspective, like I, I carry the same gusto that I had in the Marine Corps about doing shit and executing and accomplishing the mission that I do do now. So like, yeah, I'm, I haven't lost the steam. But. It was just ingrained in you. It was, it was. So, so do you think like as an athlete, did you have like work ethic at that level or were you just a talented athlete? I, it was really just talented, man. Like, cause when you're a young kid, I say this to people all the time when I was younger, like I just had things. Yeah. Like just like, you just like could just, you know, jump, exactly. run, do things. Now, when you're older, you can't. You have to actually work yeah. for it a little yeah. bit more. If you're, you know, you were athletic. As I was chasing kid. my five year old down a football field and blew a hamstring. Damn, <laughs> like that's blew how, a hammy, dude. Yeah, that's how I know. I was like, I was not a talented athlete because talented athletes don't blow hamstrings chasing after five year olds. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I just knew, like, uh, yeah. When I was a kid, man, it was like shit was just given to me. I mean, my coach had to come wake me up for practice sometimes. Like, yeah. I didn't have any work ethic as a kid. Fuck out of here. So you, you, <laughs> you attribute that to the Marine Corps then? Yeah, a absolutely. Major, a decent I mean, amount of it at least. Anything that where you're doing something with intent, action, and obedience, right, always tends to give you a little more sense of urgency, right? Because mm. even now, like if I report to general counsel in my company now, like if the head lawyer asked me to do something, like I would do it. Not because she told me to do it, but because I have – and a sense of urgency in everything that I do, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and I would attribute that sense of urgency, that attention to detail, that mission-driven kind of perspective to my 10 years in the Marine Corps, eight, nine years in the Marine Corps. So. I like I like the phrase aggressive patience a lot. Aggressive patience? Yeah, sometimes you, when you're talking to people, like you've probably had friends like this where they're like, yeah, I'm just waiting, you know, for this one thing to come together, and then, like, I'm going to do that. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, while you wait for that, like, piece of paperwork, or it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my real estate license. I'm just, you know, I applied. I'm just waiting for, like, the literature and stuff like that. It's like, well, I hear that, but while you're waiting on that, is there anything you could be doing to, like, move it, move ship forward for yourself? And there's a lot of people that just kind of like wait around without a sense of urgency. And I have such a, I like me and him probably would get along a lot with that regard where you just, you get with people that are just kind of like have that just kind of coast to them. Yeah. And it's like, no, for no reason whatsoever right now, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to I, go. For sure. And I think I, I, I see it a lot now when I have a lot of people approaching like business ideas. I have a lot of people who approach me with entrepreneurial ventures and I'm just like, okay, well, you can still go get shit. Like, don't wait around for your next venture. Like, don't wait around for your next opportunity. Like, create the opportunity. Right? Like, start your business. Don't wait. Like, okay, well, start it. Definitely. People people say to me all the time, they're like, well, you got 150 YouTube subscribers. Like, well, that's where we're at now. It's like, oh, dude, like, well, how long is it going to take you to get to 1,000? It's like, well, you know, someday we'll have 1,000, but if we didn't start this a year ago, we wouldn't be at 150 right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, we're fifteen percent of the way there, yeah. right? So hopefully momentum picks up. But yeah. you know what? We're like, what are you doing? People will find excuses to wait, and I just yeah. I never understood that like that mentality. Like, why would you find an excuse to just wait around? Why would you find an excuse to wait to start be start whatever you're passionate about? Right? Like, it's probably just comfort, comfortability. It's it true. Yeah, I think people like to be like you know, it's like twenty nine year olds still living in their parents' basement. I mean, I, ooh. If I'm not paying rent, I would have no sense of urgency either. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gotta yeah. get, gotta pay these bills. Yeah, I gotta right? eat. You know, gotta I gotta eat. live somewhere. So I got yeah. shit to do. Gotta keep this roof over my head. Mm-hmm. I get that. Gotta keep my lifestyle. 
Yeah. I mean, once you have nice stuff, then it's like you don't want to lose the nice stuff. That's true. That's what I'm saying. But That's what's interesting about jujitsu and fighting is that's really the only sport that um, performance of athletes, go, besides Mayweather, performance of athletes goes down as income gets higher. Every other sport, like, the more money you make, the more resources you have, the more training you can do, the better you get. Like, Michael Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods, every like, like you just go down the list, like, race car drivers, everybody, the more resources you have. Like, like now, like, I'm physically more fit now than I was when I was 21 because I have, like, endless amounts of resources technically for, you know, cryo, physical therapy, yep. getting stretched, like, the good sneakers, the good supplements. Like, I agree. Having, you know, being able to be financially secure so you can sleep the amount you, you know, your body Need needs. To sleep. So stuff like that, just, like. That's an interesting. Uh, urgency brings that. That's an interesting dichotomy, though. As income goes up, performance of the athletes go down. I'm trying to think of like, in fi- I've thought a lot about this because fighting, because in my mind I'm like, dude, there's no way when you're fight like you have that championship mentality, you just know how to cultivate it, and then Keep you it. look at fighters, it's like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't hold true with fighting, because it's not, just you get the you it, have to be in a dark word? you have to be in yeah. a dark place to get in a get in a, in a place like in the that face, for sure. you gotta be a dog and you also have to hate yourself at t- at some level to like be okay with just getting punched in the face for a living sure. Yeah. There's got to be a dark spot in somewhere in your body where you're just like, I hate myself. The wear and tear on the body probably attributes to the performance, the decline of the performance for sure. <laughs> That's why people sometimes will be like, well, why don't you do MMA anymore? And I'm like, well, who wants to get hit? Nobody. Nobody. Well, at least yeah. let's wrestle. Like, yeah, I need like, my brain. I'll slam you hit. on the ground if you want to <laughs> feel it. Yeah. But like, let's just, let's train here. Yeah. I want to yeah. get punched in the face. I always make a public service announcement before I roll with somebody. I'm like, are you a wrestler? No, I'm like, all right, you know judo. You're like, no. He's like, then I can stand up. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're a re- if you're a wrestler, you know judo. Like, I'm not going for a ride. Like, I'm just gonna pull guard. I met a white belt, new white belt, last week, last Wednesday. And I'm like, yo, what's your name? You look kind of dense. <laughs> and his name is Joey. And I'm like, I'll be able to remember that. I'm like, Joey, what, what kind of sports you be playing in high school? You look a little, there's something suspect here. <laughs> and before he could get out of his mouth, he fireman. Oh, I was no. just like, dude, what is this white belt shit dropping this move here? <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, you wrestled in high school. school for and sure. Yeah, he got me in a, at one point he got me in a, like, near triangle. And, like, he didn't get the triangle, but his legs were so strong that I was just like, nah, my head doesn't need this tonight, Tab. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no no cauliflower ear tonight, buddy. Yeah. Let's yeah. tap. I like, literally, okay, he was like, and he's so he was so small. And then the next time I saw him was Nogi. I saw those thick, meaty legs. legs. I was like, damn, what? Joe, you five foot six, 190. Fire hydrant. Yeah. Five foot six, But those wrestlers, you got to watch out for them regardless of what you're doing. They're out there. They're out there. For sure. Yeah. Most devastating thing ever is. Picking a fight with somebody and not expecting that that ass. It's just like, oh, yeah, I wrestled in high school states. It's like, what? <laughs> National champ. <laughs> yeah, they just have this natural instinct when you roll with the, somebody that wrestled, like, religiously, like, real hard wrestling. They just have this instinct to just, like, get their hips up. And, like, in all oh, situations, yeah, their yeah. body's just like, you ain't pinning me. And it's like, dude, we're not even in a pinning situation. Why are you flailing yeah, yeah. like that? Jeez. Jeez. You watch out for that, though. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, iron, you know, iron sharpens iron, so. That's true. It's that is good. true. 
it's good to get humiliated by a white belt every now and then. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's been training for two weeks. I've had, <laughs> I've had competitive blue belts fucking do some work on me. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is the game we're playing. Oh, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. You want to compete, huh? Mm. It's like, oh, you, like, you, you do tournaments, eh, blue belt? But I mean, that's me. I'll try some wild stuff. And then someone your size, like I'll try and get like over top of you. Like I'll just try and throw all my weight into you and just try and like <laughs> cartwheel over you. And what happens at your weight class is like you guys just grab my gi or maybe just like underhook me and just right down. <laughs> and it's just like, boop. oh, shit, I'm in I'm in your guard, but I'm about to die. And yeah, it's man. Like not good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, jujitsu. I need to start training again, man. I mean, I keep saying that to myself, but then I blow a fucking hamstring chasing five year olds, or <laughs> I wake up and my fucking hands don't fully straighten out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. Do you tape any of your fingers? I'll tape it at, if I'm gone for a while. Right? Like okay. if I'm if I'm in there for an hour doing live sparring, like I'll probably tape it. Do you any of your fingers like do a little drifting action? I got a little drifting action. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they'll just start spreading apart. Yeah, like this little pinky. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. like if we're doing a lot, like especially gi after class, like I can't get it back in. Oh, so I'm like the one night in car. I I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) not gonna. I'm gonna leave this out of the report today. (laughs) Yeah. If I bend my arm in certain ways, or I go to rest my head, my my hands start throwing gang signs, and it's like I'm not doing it. (laughs) It's like like, what is happening? Yeah, Yeah. I'll be driving, and I'll be like. <laughs> my hand on the steering wheel just like be like uh, mm. <laughs> Ariel will be like yeah what's up with your crab claw over there yeah my I mean my body's been so decimated man it's like I eat tons of bananas like so as many really? as much potassium as I can get for whatever reason man I ha- one I hate bananas what you hate bananas? Uh, bananas are the Would shit. Would you like slip on one once? Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Like was Mario Kart got fucked up with that banana. Doesn't have PTSD, but don't bring up Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> He's like his fucking bananas always no, get me. I don't know, man. Like I just fucking hate bananas. Like I don't like them in smoothies. I don't fucking like them. It's the taste then. I think it's some people some people are hate that texture, that yeah, like that fibrous weird, texture. You know. I get that. Now I'm gagging, but anyway. But yeah. Oh shit, dude. You oh. ruined, ruined the show. <laughs> no, you ruined bananas. <laughs> no, but there's, I mean, my body's been so decimated, man. I mean, I've been yeah, blown, up, blown up five times. Like, fucking, my body just hurts. All what the time. was, like, what's it like getting blown up? I guess, like, take us through the most significant of those experiences. Of the five explosions? Yeah, like, what, like, let's, yeah. let's hear about, like, how close it was to you, what the situation oh, was, man. like, what the shot, like, uh, yeah, dude, so, some of us haven't been blown up Yeah, here. I've only seen it on movies. We were in the QRF <laughs> team, man, and, get in the backseat, come on. Fucking, they call us up, they're like, we, we found an IED, we're just going to coordinate off, and we're going to wait for you guys to get here. So, like, alright. So, we go, we leave the wire, I'm second vehicle in line, first vehicle peels off the cordon, I peel off the other, and normally what you're supposed to do is like five and 25. So you pull up to this situation and one of you goes you, left, one of you goes right to kind yeah, of create like a, a perimeter. Bone. Yeah, like a wishbone okay. kind of formation. But every other vehicle does it. So like, And this is an urban setting? Yeah, urban setting. Not huts, but like a city kind of? What city are you in? I was, it was right outside of Fallujah. So okay, like, so it's pretty. Yeah, that's it's city. A, it's a city. Yeah. Like people were watching. Yeah. You know, and we get out and my gunner does his five and 25 and the turret gunner is looking out. He's like, well, I don't see any secondaries. No secondaries. I get out. I'm like, okay. And I just stay by the truck because I'm not doing five and 25s. Like, I was 18. I wasn't trying to, like, go legless at any point. So yeah. I stayed, you know, coordin- coordinated the, the helos that were on station. They, the EOD clears it. We get back to go and drive off. 
they didn't do the five and twenty fives on the other end of the IED. So the first vehicle goes around, turns around, my vehicle turns around, and right as we're turning around, man, my I sit and you're in a Humvee. I'm in a up armored Humvee, so yeah. it's pretty heavy. But also, they put like three triple seven rounds armed with a pressure plate. It's, yeah, but it's the, the, it's gonna, the Humvee's flat on the bottom of it. Well, the up armored Humvees are angled at the bottom to okay. deflect the belt, to deflect okay. the blast. But you you set off two triple seven artillery rounds. Nothing. It's it's a bad day for anybody. Is right? that like a great dean? Three tall, of them. Okay. Yeah. So triple right. sevens are the biggest artillery round you. And I'm not saying any lingo here. I'm literally referencing a great dane like a yes. dog. Like a great, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Just like it's like a if dog have, height. If you imagine, it, yeah, a, a great dane. Yeah, for some reason seven. I go to animals, dude. Hey I'm man, like, a great dane is a perfect reference. Yeah, because that's exactly how big it is. Yeah. Was that a good one? Because yeah, that's what reference. I pictured that size round. I'm like, oh, that's like a great Dane. It's probably yeah. that reference. Yeah, great reference. And then they put a pressure. You got anybody on can it. borrow that if you want. <laughs> King of the reference. It's out there for your taking. <laughs> nice, but yeah, man, we hit it. Fucking back tire. So usually you have a driver, the the vehicle commander mm. on the radio, and then you have the turret gunner. You have the saw squad automatic weapon to the left, and then the radio operator to the right. So like I was on the right back seat. And the back right tire was the And the one back right tire that hit it. Oh, geez. So, Damn. peeled up the entire back portion of my truck. So, like, I was exposed to air this way. Shrapnel went in through the window. Shrapnel got in through the lower portion of the vehicle through my seat. So, I got it, like, right here. Dang. Two Damn. hours. But, like, it went through. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I'm good. I can get out. So, the vehicle commander's like, take the radio out. So, all right, cool. Start taking the radio out because it's encrypted. You know, got to keep your shit. And then I'm like, oh, well, I feel something warm. And I was like, I'm 18. I was like, did I just piss myself? But, like, this, there's dust still. So, like, I didn't know I was peeing. Like, I didn't want to look down and be like, oh, I cried in boot camp, and now I peed myself. <laughs> you know, you know, didn't want to be that guy. But, um, what the, I mean, the, the crazy part is vehicle commander, I get the radio, vehicle commander looks down, he's like, uh, you're bleeding. And I'm like, what? I looked down, and I was like, well, thank God I didn't pee myself, right? <laughs> thank God I didn't pee myself. Situation right? could be serious, yeah. <laughs> but we're good on yeah. the pee. So, but I was ambulatory, so like, I didn't have to get a medevac. Like, I got in the next vehicle, applied pressure, and then waited. And then the next day, the med, the meadow, med officer was like, all right, we're going to take that out of you. And he just, yeah, they just grabbed it forceps. They numbed it, but, like, grabbed it forceps. Yeah, they just, like, I think that YouTube video is still up there, though. Wait, why you have a YouTube video of that? Yeah. We're going to watch that right now. Let's see. Let's pull that up. And while we're pulling that up, Jesus. Yeah. So what was that like? Was it hot? Oh, like what was like? There's so much adrenaline, man. Like, I don't think people really understand when they're being like, yo, when you're getting shot at, shit's real. Like, when you're in combat or like. You're very, you're not worried about a lot of things. No. And when I say a lot of things, like, like, you're not even worried about things like you're doing no, like action wise. When when I got blown up, my first instinct, man, was like, okay, it's gonna be an ambush. Because why would they wait until we peeled off and now our vehicles are decentralized? Yeah, it's the start to, of an yeah, attack. It's the start of an attack. Yeah. So I type in the Silas five one three. Oh, you have it on your own channel? Yeah, I think so. All one word. No space. Obviously. Come on now. Yeah, obviously. Go Iraq montage. I rock all year. You rock. This is back in the day. How many years ago was this? It's 14, 2008. February 14th, 2008. Yeah, so let's see. You'll see my vehicle in here. 
But there's a portion of the video where they show you taking the iodoform out of my leg. It's pretty, pretty, pretty dope. Yeah, that's cool guy stuff. Um, but yeah, fucking, you don't really worry about anything, man. Like, so you don't even really shot. even remember that, like the energy of it, or like being like, no, it was be like, it, whoa. I, yeah, I felt like like a giant picked my vehicle up and like shook it. Yeah, it kind of like. Have you ever experienced an earthquake? It was way worse than earthquake, but yeah, yeah, it was just. It was. It, it was, was it like. Is that energy like once you feel that you're like wow that's out there? Yeah, like there was pressure. Like I don't know if you. It was like G's. Yeah, it's like G forces. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my truck right there. Oh geez, you just peeled. I see where you mean. Yeah. You peeled off the back. So that was where I was sitting right there. Oh damn! So that was a f- like a slant back. Or was that an o- that wasn't open? It wasn't open. No, it, it was like a hatchback. Th- okay, cool. Like the slant hatched. One. Yeah, but that's all depleted uranium, by the way. Like that's all the armor. Yeah, like yeah. that is not that's light serious. grade armor. That's, that's tank the, armor. That's the good. Uh, yeah. That's the good stuff. So if you weren't in an armored vehicle, you would have smoked. Yeah, smoked. And we wouldn't be 100%. here on episode ninety one. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, that sucks. I'd but be, that's like I'd be missed. Yeah, you probably would be. You seem. I mean, you were yeah, a legendary track athlete, so. Legendary <laughs> track athlete. That's crazy, though. Yeah. Was, like, so that experience, when you when you were, like, turning that, like, do you just, like, you just obviously, like, hit it, like, a, was, like, a pressure plate or some, or did somebody trigger it? Like. Yeah, so we found the pressure plate. Uh, I think there's going to be a picture of the pressure plate, but, like, essentially when the pressure plate makes contact, when there's weight put on it, mm. and it makes, it completes the circuit. Okay. And then the circuit triggers the round. And then one round is obviously going to trigger the other two rounds. Yeah. So there will be, like, an initial impact, and then there's going to be a secondary, more dramatic impact. And I think that's where I found that pressure. Like, when I was in the when I was in the truck, I think those next two triple sevens is what caused me to feel like someone was stepping on me. Oh, shit. Because that's how... Because it was, like, boom, yeah, and then it was, like, second boom. Yeah, because that's the blast. Yeah. Oh, so it's, like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I can't even explain to you the force. Like, I've been in terrible car accidents, yeah. and I'm like, this was nothing, nothing compared to. Did you have like a headache afterwards? Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, have like yeah. a concussion, probably. Yeah, I had a grade three concussion in that one. Damn. Um, vomited, all kinds of shit. It yeah. Was weird. Ears ringing and shit. Ears ringing sucked. I still have ringing in the ears, but. Oh really? Damn. Yeah. What do they call that? Tinnitus. Tinnitus. Yeah. 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 Do you see there's like three M um lawsuits? All they're lawsuits? like, are yeah, you yeah. can you qualify for oh, the three M tinnitus lawsuit? Like Did you days. deploy in twenty fourteen? <laughs> this is like two days afterwards. So you're gonna see how deep this was because of how, how much iodoform is packed in there. You're like, Can I film this? I oh, did. Yeah. He was like, Yeah, sure, go for it. Uh, I almost turned a quick bitch on this though too, because there was you're no, like, oh my god. They had already packed it, they had already removed it, so this is just them kind of Clean it up. up. Mm. Oh. <laughs> there's more. Holy <laughs> shit. But wait, there's more. So is that just like the stuff they packed in there? Yeah, so essentially when whenever there's shrapnel that gets into your body, yeah. it's jagged. So it can't go in the same it can't come in the same way it went in. So when you pull it out, out it comes worse. In, yeah. So it gets worse and all of a sudden. What they'll do is they'll pack it with iodoform gauze. Okay. And it's like a, almost like an incision and drain type of healing. It'll heal from the inside. 
Because they can't stitch it because then they'll just so be it'll just flesh. ooze out of there exactly. and then slowly it'll grow and yeah, exactly. heal out and then yeah. it'll close up. Yep. Do you heal pretty well? Like some people, I feel like sometimes people don't like in situations like that. Like I know a couple people that they're like, yeah, I healed like. No, I mean, it sucked. I was I was down for a while. Yeah. Um, what does that entail when you when you have like shrapnel like that go into you and you have to go through the procedure? Do you just like hang out on base until you're right, uh, clear to go back out? Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty I was clear to go out the next like week. Oh, okay. So not that bad. It, no, it wasn't bad. I mean, there was still a wound there, and I had to clean it and shit like that. But like. You were good to go. I was good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Get that. And then the last time I got blown up was in a seven ton, so I was pretty safe. Yeah. In this seven ton big truck. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, it's good. You're Very like, oh, I'll do this all day. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a couple more of those. But, yeah, man. Dang. I, you, don't get to, you, get, you don't get to talk to too many people that have been blown up. Unless you're Bruce. Yeah, unless you're Bruce. <laughs> I feel like Bruce's friends are like, Mar- they, they like, they give each other street cred by like how many helicopter crashes they've been in. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> They're like, who here's been in a helicopter crash? And it's like everybody raises their hands. Like two. It's like Dude. a little less hands. First deployment in Afghanistan, man. They they kind of lower a CH fifty six, I think it is, like a mm. twin prop, CH fifty three, maybe. And yeah, that's like, the one that like buzzes up. That's like the that. Osprey. Yeah, okay. Uh but we got we got lowered in on a fifty three, just like a twin prop, much like what you've what you'll probably see in Lone Survivor, but you're like you're gonna rappel down at night. Just drop your drop your gear out of the back of the helicopter. You're just gonna rappel down. I was like, me and who? And they're like, you, and like you're gonna be first. You post security, and then three more people drop, and you guys will be good. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, you're gonna be the first one down there? Yeah, right. Like there's no security down by there? myself. No. Yeah, it's dark. Like, no. <laughs> so that's what their that's what their goal was. They're like, well, it's dark. Nobody's gonna be shooting at you. <laughs> and I'm like. But we're in a fucking massive helicopter. Yeah, you don't see this alien <laughs> ship just land here? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, you I, don't think the helicopter's a giveaway? I repel, I drop my gear, rappel out, post security. like, And it's probably the worst security anyone's ever posted because <laughs> it's just me. Like, <laughs> down there trying to post security, be a badass. And they're like, my two buddies drop down. And they're like, okay, well, just, just go in the hut with the rest of the unit. And, like, we're walking. We're like, we have no idea where this base is. We don't, like, we're just walking. Are we gear. going the right way? Guys? Yeah, we're going the right way. Did anybody hear? Was that a left left? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I bet eventually we make it. And they're like, dude, you repelled down near that hill. I was like, yeah. They're like the Taliban just like took that hill like three days ago. Be like, dude, and I was like, fuck. You like land and some some Taliban dudes just like high five. She was like, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Ten, ten out of ten. <laughs> for sure. Hands though, up. Yeah. Right. Like all right, dude. Hope it's gun not, jams. Yeah. Right. Hope for sure. But you know, that, deployments were deployments. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, I guess if anybody is ever interested in becoming a Marine, you definitely had, like, it sounds like your experience is the postcard Marine Corps experience. Yeah, I mean. It's like you did Marine One embassies, because yeah. if people don't know, Marine Corps controlled the embassies. Yeah, the security of the embassies, um, yeah. Got all the deployments in there. You got yeah, blown up a handful of times. Yes, now you I'm have all your fingers and toes. I do. Yeah. Missing some flesh, but all fingers and Who toes. Who needs that stuff, too? I know. I, know. <laughs> I was very lucky being blown up. Did you, you left some of that flesh over there for the kids, though? The chocolate man. Yeah, yeah for sure. You left some chocolate <laughs> man. Yeah, there's some chocolate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Those kids circle. are savages. Yeah, I know. Bro. I know. Dude, yeah. Um, I asked Bruce one time, I was like, you have kids any candy? He's like, No. 
that everyone's a threat. He's like, you don't want them that close to you. That's the thing, man. Is like he's like you can be he's like you can be cool, but like he's like he's like you don't let anybody that close to you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't. Okay. He's like, yeah, like 35 meters. You shooting, bro? He's like, if they're that close, you could blow you up. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's never weird, happened to me. We had weird rules of engagement, though. You were you were in a different kind of we were situation. Yeah, we were in the beginning. In the wars. Yeah, like, you were in the beginning. In the wars. So like, the rules of engagement under Geneva Conventions was if you were an American, mm. you, if you were French or Britain, this shit didn't apply. Like, if you were British SAS, like do your thing. But like, if you're an American, and you were offensive combat operations. If you get shot at, you can't shoot back until you positively identify the target. So if you were just roaming down the street with an AK, and somebody just and someone just like kicked and, off a few and like rounds I, at you, yeah, and I turned my head and you popped off a few rounds and put it back on your shoulder, like I couldn't shoot you now because you don't pose a threat. You only pose a threat when I wasn't seeing you. So how can I get positive target acquisition mm. and confirm my target? Because everyone was walking around with AKs back, like tricky, over there, tricky. Yeah, tricky scenario. Damn, you kind of got to have eyes in the back of your head for but that. Also there's You're this rolling thing around like constantly yeah. under threat and you can't do anything about it. That would piss me off. But there's also this thing called suppressive fire where you don't shoot at anybody. You just shoot and make sure the people who want to shoot at you don't. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going to th- keep shooting yeah. bullets at your house. I'm just going to shoot in this general direction mm. and then hope you guys don't shoot me. So when they're like, did you kill anybody? Be like, well, I was laying suppressive fire. So we don't know. There's no battle damage assessment with suppressive fire. So I was like, oh. Uh, it's like, yeah, you know. Loopholes. If it ships, it fits. <laughs> yeah, right. Or if it fits, if whichever. It's, if it's it fits, it ships. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, send it. Send yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, those rules are, um, it's tricky. It's Always definitely tricky, It's definitely a tricky scenario that. Um, but we have looser rules. If I were to come into your house with a gun and you were armed. Mm. Looser rules of engagement. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. Could, you could definitely pop pop a cap at me if I came to your house armed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we could do that. Yes. We could accommodate you. <laughs> <laughs> so, interesting dilemma. When you when you got out of the Marine Corps, you studied finance. Like, you obviously did the temple thing. got your bachelor's degree. Yeah, man. But um, you've also done some business, though, too. Haven't you? Yeah, man. I started a company. Um in 2017, company got pretty big. Um, got a couple government contracts, and then sold that company. Um, and then I've been in different ventures ever since. Like you know, and I'm, I might be an equity partner, but I also might be silent, right? So like mm. silent equity partner. Sometimes people just need advice, and I'm not the perfect entrepreneurial person. I don't know everything about every business ever, but you're a good sounding board. Yeah, like I can give you. I can give people kind of insight into how to structure their taxes, how to work their finances to where you get tax breaks, how to put yourself on payroll so you're not 1099ing yourself when it comes time to get a loan, you're not shit in the bed. Like, okay. You know? So company structure and you know type of entrepreneurial engineering, as we, we so like to call it, but that's kind of where I fit now is after I sold my company, I'd still work, but. Yeah, so you're kind of just like you you had a positive experience as an entrepreneur. Yep. And then you're now assisting other entrepreneurs yeah, exactly. hopefully achieve that same yeah, exactly. that same goal. Yep. 
Yep, yep. That's, and you do that full time, or is that with like? And that's just kind of like. That's kind of like if somebody approaches me, right? Mm-hmm. Like full time, um, chief information security officer um, for a healthcare startup. Okay. So the healthcare tech startup that come like they came after me, and I was like, all right, cool. Like I'll help you guys implement information security, mm-hmm. cybersecurity, whatever it needed to be. Okay. So. Um. Yeah. So I work for them now. Work is loose. Yeah. <laughs> loose terms, right? But like, um. Most of the time, and what I like to do is invest a lot in companies. So, whether it be a gym, a bar, you know, okay, whatever it might be, I'm always open to kind of put my fingers in things. See, Lincoln, how do you? That's interesting. So, like you, you obviously took out of your your you know your business that you cashed out of. You actually you did pretty well. I did. Yeah. So then, like you. You then like? Did you know what you wanted to do after that transition, or did you kind of take some time off? Like, how yeah, did I kinda, that go? I, I chilled for a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I went through a crazy divorce and custody litigation. I mean, I'm still going through it, but like that took some time. That took okay. some money, some focus. Yeah, some focus. So I, you know, I paused everything for a bit and kind of focused on that, where my, you know, the kids were involved. So try to make sure that they're good positioned well. Um, but now is most of the time where. I'm actively seeking venture interests because passive income is way better than having to work your nine to five. And, mm. Interesting. You know, so how do you how do you go about like assessing these deals that people bring to you? Because they do. Yeah, I guess that's just like your network over the years knows you're interested in doing that type of stuff. Yeah. So I have like an inner circle, um, and some of my inner circle are also business owners. They're also chief investment officers of hedge funds, like. Other people that there are other people that even if I don't know something, I can still shoot a sounding like I can still shoot some information at them. They're like, okay, well, that doesn't seem like it. Like one thing I cannot value is restaurants. Like I don't know how to actually pin a value to somebody if you're like, well, I don't open a restaurant. It's it's restaurants are dangerous. Very volatile. Yeah, very volatile. I don't I don't know restaurants, but like the key with restaurants is you turn them and burn them. <laughs> turn them and burn them. Well, I was told that by an Italian man once. Look at that. It's like you set it up, you send it up, and then you send it down. And hopefully somebody else is holding the bill. <laughs> and I'm like and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. And they're like, no, literally that's what restaurants are. You make great brand and you hope you sustain it as long as you can, and then you get out before it goes down. Yep. Restaurants are tough because like there's so many the biggest thing with restaurants is other restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep your vibe. That's down. true. So you got to know, like, the most successful restaurateurs, they're like, why'd you shut the place down? Be like, dude, vibe, vibe stopped. Like, you're only open for five years. Isaac Newton's been open for 30, and it's like, oh, yeah, well. Isaac Newton. You know? <laughs> Isaac like, is what we're trying is. to do, you know? We're eat popping. a beer? Yeah, mm-hmm. you need a beer. Like, there's certain places that stay, and there's certain places that go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but, like, I got a guy for real estate. I got a guy for pretty much because i don't really know much about real estate either so but um technology startups consulting companies um things like that where the the tangible asset is either technology or your advice or your person like your knowledge yeah yeah like i I have a really good time and i have a lot of success in investing in those types of things right but just knocking cameras (laughs) look at this guy he's having a hard time you good you good okay buddy yeah That's why we have these flimsy tripods, man. Don't get <laughs> don't get nice cameras and shitty tripods. <laughs> You're taking risks. I feel as though somebody made the decision here to get those tripods. We had the tripods. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, we all share collectively some decisions. Yeah, okay, these, but yeah, these are all bad decisions. Yeah, there's there's three bad decisions here, and two of them might be mine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What um, what do you like? What's next for you then? So like, you do like the business stuff, but are you thinking about getting back into jujitsu or like what's up? Um, I think. It, How about right now? <laughs> Sign him up. Slap him bum. <laughs> what if we did that and you just like just underhooks me over yeah. the table? <laughs> like, oh shit, and the episode just stops. <laughs> it just cuts. Slap and bum. No. I don't think I would ever get like be super high level competitive anymore. Um my body just hurts yeah. too much. Like yeah. um, but I, I would love to get back on the mat in some consistent fashion. Um I do want to take a step back from working altogether. Like I don't wanna kind of want to just you don't want to have like an obligation to work exactly yeah that's a different that's a different kind of level that people people think like oh that's you just chilling but they don't realize that like you're the less you work the more more momentum you're gonna have forward because you're only gonna be able to focus on like researching stuff you want to do and things like that you're taking a lot of risk and i think people don't really understand that right like Mm. It's cool to be a business owner. It's cool to be an entrepreneur. It's cool but, to talk about it. Yeah, but it's a, it's so much risk to you as an individual, to your worth, to your ability to have cash flow. Like, if I invest seventy grand in a bar, my entire seventy thousand dollars is at risk. You know yeah. what I mean? And people don't understand that. And I may not have any say in the way that bars run at all, right? Yeah. Because that's the way the operating agreement set up, mm. whatever it is. But like, the return on that side. That's what I'm doing it for. Could be huge. Yeah, it could be huge. huge. Upside. Yeah. So, a lot of people who are risk, a lot of people are risk averse. They're like, I don't want to do anything that's too risky. Well, that's that's what's going to keep you where you are. That's that's mediocrity. Like that's going to be your playing field for the rest of your life if you don't want to take risk. Mm. Because the only way you can actually step out of your your bubble and start to learn things and see different parts of the world is you got to take risk. You got to step outside that comfort zone. You got to hey. Fuck around and find out. Like <laughs> I love that. So those I don't I'm not a big David Goggins guy. Um but he said something one time it was like he wanted to be uncommon amongst uncommon men. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. dang, that's me. I wanna be that. <laughs> I wanna be that. <laughs> I wanna be that. And that's kind of what like I mean, I watch his yeah. motivational videos and things like that, but that's kinda like what always the push is for me. It's like it's cool to do business and it's co- like there's tons of people doing business, yeah. but like, can you be the best in what you're doing or can you, you know, whatever, maximize some aspect of whatever you're in above somebody else or for your benefit, whatever the thing is, it just has to be that level. Yeah. And just be uniquely and unapologetically you like just be as authentic as you can fucking be. Cause there's only one of you. Yeah. Be you, man. Yeah. Just, and people are always so busy fucking trying to be the next Instagram model trying to be the fucking next Logan Paul, whatever it might be. But, like, yeah, dude, like, you you have tacit value in who you are as a person right at the onset, like, right at right at zero day. Mm. You're good. Yeah. Just be that. Just that choice. I wish I I wish I made that choice earlier in my life. It, it does come in. We're, it I comes with maturity. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're the same age. So it's, like, it comes with a level of experience yeah and you and you had to fail like mm. i've i've failed many times <laughs> yes right so like i'm not afraid to say like i fucked up i'm failing a few right times now. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's you just gotta fuck up i mean and a lot of people don't want to take the risk to fuck up because now they 
think they're a failure, but in reality, everyone fucks up. It's just not on Instagram. It's mm. not on Twitter. It's not, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, sometimes I struggle with. I, I wonder how many people actually are on social media, like that that commentary, like that buzz or whatever, that like negativity that we yeah. always talk about. Like, how many people actually represent are represented in that? Because if it's less than one percent of our population is actually like creating that negativity out there. We are some idiots <laughs> for allowing that to happen. Like on that's, a daily basis, yeah. like that negative energy that's just like, that's why I, I never really got into Twitter, but that's why I stay off Twitter now. Because all I ever hear about it is just people just kind of like, just like taking it down. It's just not really like, yeah. it kind of lost traction to what it originally it could it have intended been. for. Yeah. There's a, lot of fo- there's a lot of just like fodder out Other there. than Elon Musk driving cryptocurrency through the roof on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> And down <laughs> and back yeah. up again on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are you into crypto? I don't know anything about crypto. I've yeah. I've had wild success in the stock market. Yeah, um, it, you're good on crypto. Uh, yeah, like you're like, all right, good. I, yeah, I can gamble like, with the stocks. I did good. We're gonna. Everyone tells me about crypto. I was like, I don't know anything about it. I don't want to know anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> That's fair, so, dude. We won't talk about it though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what you fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine you you have crypto or something. You're a little crypto, bit. Andrew's more. King. Yeah, I got crypto. Andrew's a crypto king. Here. <laughs> crypto king. He's getting me into helium. This fucking crazy shit. He's Pyramid like, scheme. Six, yeah, dude. Six we, got all kinds of we got we got to get more crypto. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we got to do. I'm just I trusting will, him. I will have to say something though. Like from, I mean, we doubled our money at one point. I mean, we lost it all. <laughs> at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Funny. Fundamentally, though, if you had to look at the trajectory of currency over time, fundamentally, crypto or at least something that resembles the blockchain will be the new. And what's today's date? It's twenty second. Yeah, remember this, July twenty second, twenty twenty one. I'm saying right now, blockchain is going to be a fucking thing. Oh, I know blockchain's a blockchain, thing. I'm invested. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo. Oh, they're all getting. The big, in. They're the, all. Yep. They're all figuring out how to JP. Set their yeah. portfolios up and everything. Everybody thinks crypto. Everything. Everybody's like, "Oh, Bitcoin's going down." If you watch the currency getting yep. traded, you see like you see a lot of sales and you see the price going down, but the purchases are huge volume. Yeah, huge volume. It's like, all right, so I'm gonna sell half of one crypto every day because I need the money because I'm not a whale, right? I'm not a billionaire. This isn't actually happening, but like, think about it. Like, I gotta keep selling my crypto to pay my bills because I'm over leveraged. It's like everybody's like, all right, cool, price is going down. I'm a whale. I want that price to hit twenty eight thousand. If it hits twenty thousand, Bitcoin kind of like actually fails, techni- technically on the valuation. If if you hold any of that, yeah, yeah. true. It hits almost twenty eight thousand. Like I said, it's twenty nine one. John executes all his buys. Literally 15 minutes later, I think it shot up to act 31, and now it's just going to go back up because they had a press conference last night yep. with Elon Musk, um, the one chick from ARK Investing, who I love her. Do you know who that? Uh, I, I uh, do. What's her know. name? She's, um, ARK is that uh, crazy a hedge fund crazy that has like a fund. crypto desk that's worth a yeah. billion dollars. Yeah, Kathy, Kathy Wood, I think her name is. So legit. Kathy Wood's a G. This woman does, is not to be fucked with. But I also think people should really watch the custodial banks. And I don't know if you know the difference between, like, a regular bank and a custodial bank, but, like... Yeah, I co- mean, I do, but our listeners probably do not. So, okay, so, like, just to, just to kind of air out the difference between a bank, quote-unquote, like your bank WFS, yeah, and custodial banks. Custodial banks actually hold the money being transferred overnight. So, like... 
they're lending the money to exactly, the banks that to are the giving banks you the that money. are giving you the money. Yeah. yeah. So like, the, in in theory, they're too big to fail. So they're called systemically important financial institutions, and the government will bail them out a hundred percent of the time. Like they will not fail. Yeah, because they rep- like our federal reserve system, our private banks Beat, supported yeah. by the government. Exactly. So you're talking about your J.P. Morgans. You're talking about your Wells Fargo's. Banks of America, like those banks are custodial banks. Look up, look up, um, I think his name And they is buy massive P- amounts of crypto. Pierspont, it's P-I-E-R, Pierspont Morgan, but like back in the day. Like I'm pretty sure one of the Morgans, like the J.P. Morgan fam, like the, he bailed out the Federal yeah, Pierpont. He went yeah. jump, that's J.P. himself. He literally bailed out one of the f- European countries at a, at, at a point. Yeah. I just read a book about it. He, they, they literally were like, he had so much money, like one of the countries was failing, and he like literally just rolled in. Was yeah. Just I, like, here you go. You guys can borrow some gold. <laughs> I got some. And that's when our currency is backed by gold. But like nowadays. Yeah, the go- our currency stopped being backed by gold. Well, World War One, we abandoned gold because like every, all the European countries needed to make money to support all the shit they were buying. And then after World War One. A lot of countries, some France actually was the wealthiest country in Europe after World War One. They like accidentally fell into all the gold, basically. Okay. And England and all the other gold went to the United States because during World War One, United States was making all the shit for them to blow each other up with. So United States was like, "Yeah, we're not going to get involved. We're making all the money. All the gold's coming here." So after World War One, they were all like, "We need to make the gold balance back out again." The United States needs to like start financing shit in Europe so that like we can get some of this gold back. And the United States was like. Mm. Nah, we got this thing called the stock market going off over here. We're going <laughs> to take all that fire. gold that you guys want back, and we're going to throw it in the stock market. And then when shit crashes someday, all that gold. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so then they, all the a couple European countries figured their way back out onto the gold standard, and then World War II happened, and then everybody bounced back off again because they needed to pay for shit again. Yep. And then post-World War II, they were just like, oh, we're not doing this gold thing anymore. Now inflation's at 17,000%, and we're paying yeah. off, you know, all of America's debt with, like, pennies. Yeah, you, he actually saved America. He bailed out an American yeah. government. That's that's a, I yeah, thought it was a European Morgan, one. JP it was Morgan actually an American government. Yeah. yeah, legit. I think everybody, I think so everybody was real mad. That's the hypocrisy of this whole thing. Everybody was real mad about the United States government bailing out J.P. Morgan and Chase in 2008. But if you go back a few hundred years, there wouldn't be an America... It wasn't for JP Morgan. If it Morgan. wasn't for JP Morgan, people forget history. Though, France, yeah. France, or Spain would have rolled in and been like, "Yeah, people just out here collecting sticks, man. Yeah. No one goes let to the, the let tree." Get, let me get California. I think back. it's I think it's crazy at our age, like what we live through. Like, yeah. if you think about it, like terrorist attack, two wars, financial crisis, recession. <laughs> like what? Yeah, this shit's been flying. shit's been yeah, dude. Pandemic, like, <laughs> yeah, global pandemic. Yeah, dude. like holy shit, man! Can't forget about the pandemic. It's the dude. pandemic. I almost did. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah real or not? Like, yeah, yeah like, can't really forget not. about it. It's in, just, the t- it's in the ring. Yeah, it's all too fresh. We we don't see it as a big deal as it the is. The one guess, thing right? that the one thing that we have over all these punk kids, and that makes me sound really old. <laughs> this, this probably affects you the most because like you work with young kids too. It's like. We didn't have cell phones growing up. Growing up, yeah. Like we had cell. Me and Bruce had cell phones before other because we had single moms. So like we had to get you know. Yeah. They had to find us. (laughs) That's why you have a cell phone, right? And then all of a sudden in high school and everything, like you saw like the rich kids getting the phones and the iPods, 
and the iPod not Nano was out, and then I was just like, oh shit, also this Facebook bonkers. thing, and then the whole world went just shit. It's like we couldn't use the internet and the phone at the same time, and like kids these days have no idea about that. Yeah, there's things that kids do not that like just don't even connect. Like there's like, things that just don't even connect. Like we were talking, like we were training one time, and I'll coach kids classes sometimes with um, like whoever's professor yeah. in charge, and. The kid was like, oh, something about Karate Kid. And I was like, yeah, the Karate Kid's a good movie. And he was like, yeah, I love Jaden Smith. <laughs> and I literally wanted to kick this fucking kid in the chest. Push the brakes, kid. I was Push like, the hold the phone. Oh, Jaden Smith is not the Karate Kid. Jaden Smith is a punk. Right. <laughs> when he's doing that little, like, split thing, yeah. that doesn't do anything in the real world. You know what I'm like, saying? Yeah. When you talk, you know what the, the Cobra Kai, Kai, bro, Cobra Kai. That was the real threat. You know what I'm saying? Jaden Smith's over in China with Jackie Chan as his coach. That coach, as he, it's they don't know anything shit. about Mr. Miyagi. I didn't even see that Karate Kid. I didn't, I didn't even see yeah, it. Don't, don't the one with time, Jaden man. Smith. Don't oh, waste your okay. time. I yeah, thought no. you said you didn't see the original. One. No, what the fuck? It was about to be. Bro, I've seen that shit like ten times. Fight bro. on sight. He's Crazy. about to jujitsu your ass. <laughs> yeah, bro. I have, I have no defense. I don't know how to do that shit. <laughs> I get wrapped up easy. Yeah, you just pop. I'll just go straight to a heel hook. Yeah, bro. Crazy possum. I'm gonna have to like <laughs> hit him with a camera or something, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got no defense. I mean, you, got, you got three tripods over here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty bad. Just kick one over, it'll follow. Right. <laughs> he will save the camera before he fights you. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I'll just apply for the giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> Get a GoPro. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll win the camera we're giving away. <laughs> what if that happened? Not yet. That can't happen? It can, but not Could yet. Could I win it? Sure. We want. Oh, that's no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Giveaway? Yo, Bruce found out about it over here, and he was like, "How does anybody know you actually gave it away?" And I'm like, "Well, we'll make a thing about like no, how we gave yeah, it away." Yeah, we'll post it. But I'm pretty sure there's like some sort of organization rolling around checking people for that. Oh, for sure. Make sure you're not fraud and embezzling. Yeah, <laughs> I think you we voted you for win the, the GoPro. We and definitely. Take it off your taxes at the end of the year. Win the GoPro. If, yeah, I expensed it, <laughs> but I also <laughs> won it. <laughs> Embezzle a That's GoPro. Yeah, they're like, yo, how'd you get that new truck tax free? I'd be like, well, I expensed it, and then I gave it to myself. <laughs> as, as a, a giveaway. Yeah. Loopholes. <laughs> Tell you, man. You got to find them. Yeah. It kind of sounds like this has been given up before hey i'm not you ever charge not, anybody for that one i cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> <laughs> tax loopholes i would i will say one thing tax avoidance is not illegal tax evasion is illegal yeah yeah good dis, good point of distinction yeah, yeah. people don't know i i mean i have no no qualms with tax avoidance i hate the irs yeah, I think the IRS is just wasteful and their practices I don't agree with. I, yeah. I understand the reasons for taxes. I n- we need police and things like that. There's a whole bunch of other stuff we don't need that we're currently paying for. Mm-hmm. And that's why we avoid it. Yeah. It's I, not I anything criminal. It's just like, hey, we work really hard for all this money. <laughs> we sure. took risks. Why do I got to pay more than everybody pay else? I, I thought the gamble was going to pay off. Right? <laughs> not going to pay all these taxes. <laughs> Where's my money? Hashtag embezzle GoPro. This episode's gonna be called embezzle GoPro. Now, theoretically, if somebody wanted to embezzle GoPro, how many could they embezzle per year? Like an infinite. They would no. They would have to keep it under. I think the threshold for auditing is about seventeen thousand for de minimis. Mm. De minimis items. De minimis items would be like something you don't need to run your business, like a GoPro. Yeah, interesting. 
But you would also have to make over a certain amount of y- money per year. Yes. So <laughs> if I just don't report any of that money. That's evasion. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an accountant, but I would imagine you would get caught. <laughs> Can you justify a GoPro to be used like as a necessity to run your business? Like what if you're like, this is the only thing I use to record everything yeah, I do? What if I have an OnlyFans account? Well, if you're exactly, if your primary source of income is video footage and it's video footage like from a GoPro, mm. i.e. OnlyFans, yeah. you know what I mean? You can set up a GoPro in your bedroom, run your OnlyFans, don't claim the million dollar subscription you 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 make a month. I mean, you can. What do you do is you get you hope OnlyFans pays out in crypto, and then <laughs> yes. you have that imported Bro, they do API that. into your wallet. Do they and tax crypto yet? I mean, they're trying to figure it out. Hopefully not. Oh. I think Bitcoin. They might. They when you, when I do my taxes, like, did you sell or buy any print crypto? What else? Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, did you answer that? Yeah, like. I didn't just, sell any. I about to say they just them. trust that you answer that correctly. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. How, like, why would you tell yourself? Like, how are you gonna f- figure out how much crypto, crypto I, got? I bought? Yeah. You I guess. I guess. Got to keep track come, of it. You gotta come get it from me, and then you get to get the passwords. Like, Is there some like crazy? I forgot key for the password. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I them. forgot all twenty-three keys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you should have made them twenty. I got a <laughs> short memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's 23 words, those random words. Yeah, but what if you had a bunch of crypto and they took your wallet, but they're like, you're like, if I can't have it, you guys can't have it. Suckers. You know what that's called? Kamikaze crypto. <laughs> yeah, Kamikaze crypto. It's like when the tax man's going to take it, but you don't let them have it. Yeah. So it's like, all right, you got that paperweight, buddy. It's like reverse ransomware. I wonder how much crypto <laughs> of the 21 million coins or whatever. Reverse ransomware. <laughs> into their shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I raise your ransom. <laughs> now you owe me crypto. Yeah. So you put this virus on my computer, it's damaging. Yeah. <laughs> that that energy company that the like the uh, pipeline that got uh, hacked, yeah. they gave they like got all that crypto back that they gave them in the ransom because they like tracked it somehow. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, what there's um, there's ways of doing that, right? Like. There's encryption footprints and things like that, but well, it's on a blockchain. You literally can, like, if you know, yeah. like the co- the serials on the coins or on exactly. the, you can just be like, this one was used in this transaction. Well, that's why all the healthcare ransom that where that's happening, they get paid cash. It's mm. genius. Yeah, can you Venmo me this ransom? Like, well, I think like they're doing something crazy like that, like PayPal or Venmo or yeah, wire know. transfers. But yeah, and like to know Bruce is at your door. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, you guys got some crypto in here we heard about? <laughs> Next you know Bruce is a yes, very Uncle very Sam true. wants that. It's and like all that. this ordinance you guys have too, we're gonna have to take this too. The entire ransomware organization that disappeared. I see you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yo, is there insider trading on crypto yet? Like what if somebody gave me a tip about a pert like be like, yo, we're about to take a whole bunch of crypto off the market. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bye. Volume's going down. Hey, Bruce, man, just let us know, dude. Yeah, just let us know about this crypto buy, Steve. You can, th- you can throw gang signs. Yeah, just crypto buy, yeah. don't buy. You can't You can't tell people the oh. signals, bro. I've had to blur it. that out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you just see him like Sasquatching behind yeah. like a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, that looks like Bruce. He's really got that Sasquatch down. <laughs> Dude, that's oh, awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, like, hanging out. No, You're man, a first jujitsu guy. Is yeah. It really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
Well, now I got to come to the gym. That's You're at, uh, Almeida, right? Almeida, yeah. We'll find out. Dude, we could just buy some mats and meet in Tyler Park. Do <laughs> you know how many people would be like, <laughs> the cops would definitely stop us? Yeah. <laughs> what if we just, Backyard like, wrestling. Rolled, what if we did that, just like rolled a mat out someplace and just just, just like start going in? <laughs> that, would be, that would be crazy footage, though. Just like. Yeah, it would be. No, that Yo, would well, be, that would well, be dope we call it? Yeah, yeah, for real. Dude, that's, let's that's dope do footage. that. Let's rolls in the wild. Yeah, and I got rolls, in the, rolls w- in the wild. Rolls in the wild. I got a Tahoe. Yo. I got a Tahoe. Massive room. I can throw mats back there. <laughs> Easy, dude. I really want to get mats so like I can like. Let's do it. man. I don't know. You can practice your hip because I feel like yeah because like a lot of people train at other gyms. They don't train at my gym. And I'm like, well, let's hang out and train. It's like, well, you can't come to this gym. It's like, well, this gym's closed. It's like, well, let's just get these mats out and fucking train right here in the park. I know. I mean, I know Nick and Danny are doing free drop-ins at this point. I mean, the, it's packed. Their mats are swamped. But, yeah. I mean, they welcome any affiliate for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm, yeah. I just, I'm just into learn. Like, there's so much... We live in a great area now for it. It took some yes. time to ramp up in our area. Like back there, there was jujitsu in in California, and and you know, Southwest United States before yep. it kind of got over here. And then we had New York, and then it kind of like disseminated down the Philly. It is true. So it took us some time to get that. And now I feel like we have such a good, like Baltimore up to New York City. There's a decent amount of gyms. There now is a very good core of gyms that um. That aren't, like, really mainstream affiliated. Like, I mean. No, that's kind of interesting, yeah. too, because, like, that Gracie reputation kind of was coveted as, like, well, you're not a Gracie affiliate. Like, and you're, not, you're, you're a McDojo. Yeah, you're then. a McDojo, like, yeah, This yeah, is for sure. voodoo karate stuff here. So then that was a little tainted. But now you've seen, like, no-name gyms, yeah. you know, go to tournaments and apply what they've been practicing yeah, against, exactly. against, you know traditionalists like i guess and just raping them studio 84 yeah daniel kelly goes out of students nicky rod too is out of studio 84 in jersey man and those guys are savages too for sure i uh i'm just all about anybody that's about jujitsu honestly i don't <laughs> care i mean sometimes people get weird they're like oh we don't let people train outsiders train here or they don't like when it, when cross I, training but it's kind of like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a lifestyle slash sport. Like, why shouldn't I be like, I can't go meditate with that dude over there. Yeah. Like I can't go to this doctor. I can't go to this dentist. Like if you're ever in a gym or something like that, where that, that happens, unless it's like, Hey, you don't want to go train there. Cause it's not safe. Like if somebody's looking out for you, that's one thing. But if they're like, you're not allowed to train there because you train yeah. here or there, it's like, well, I kind of think I should go train there now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I, I mean, when I first came back, and I was a 10th planet. Like, I told people, like, my home gym's 10th planet. Like, they, would, they wouldn't, they would like, shut me out or anything like that. But, like, they would look at me weird. They're like, we don't do leg locks here. or It's like, okay, we, we don't, don't do protect this, our we ankles. We don't do that. You know what I mean? So. My thing is, it's ultimately, it's a fighting, it's a combat sport. And if the sport goes and transcends and moves to another level, ultimately the sport is reflecting yeah, the real world. Like that's what these sports were for. It's for practice for real, real world. world. Yeah. So like, if in the real world you try and gummy down, I roll in on your ankle and snap your leg off. Don't you want to practice for that? Right. But it's like, <laughs> oh no no no, I'm gonna be wearing my gi in the bread aisle, and that's when the fight's gonna break <laughs> exactly out. It's like no, of giant. That's what's gonna happen. Like leave me into Whole Foods. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let, me, let me take my jacket off first. I haven't trained gi in a while. 
like, what? No, man. I mean, I, I feel it, dude. And the sport is so dynamic, man. And I think people don't really... When I started in 2004, man, some of these, some of the lapel guards that are, you know, none of that existed. Like, yeah. And the sport is evolving so rapidly. Now it's crazy fast because there's a lot of influences from Russia. That's with true. like Sambo, Sambo. and like, yeah. the, like all that influence on the UFC. Like people are starting to be like, we're not safe here. No. So we got to like do something. Eric's gym, uh, NPR is really good with Sambo. Yeah, that's like a national yeah, yeah. training center. It's a national center, training right? center, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I you think, told me. Yeah, and I think uh, a couple of his athletes actually just won Sambo Pan Ams. Oh, no way. Like literally a week ago. I Yeah, he that's a great facility. Yeah. R- that's really that's a really nice place. I trained Sambo there for like three weeks and then figured out that I, I didn't like getting thrown. <laughs> uh, I was getting I was getting rolled up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was getting rolled up. I just I mean we, I, I know break falls, but like break falls don't help you when someone is like drop saying nogging in your face and you're just mat. sweeping your <laughs> legs out from under you. It's like, well, yeah, my break falls kind of invalid now because only half my body's breaking this fall. Yeah, exactly. My legs are up there. And they're still up there. Yeah. <laughs> As my head hits the mat. And then it's like they just stuff your feet in your yep. mouth. You could try. It's not like we should, it done we should definitely. Uh, yeah, it's a great sport. Training. You should definitely come train. Okay. <laughs> we should definitely coordinate training, though. Yeah, I definitely want to come train. down with that. Yeah, I'm down. For sure. It's got to happen. Yeah. You know? I'll how be you, there. How about you, big guy? Oh, you're going to train, too? I'll be. I've, I've never done it in my uh, life, but, you know. That's kind of also like why I want to get the mats. Because I feel like sometimes girls, like my wife or whatever, be like, oh, you want to just get a little comfortable with this? And then, like, you see it's not so bad. Like, just go train. Or, like, somebody like him, it's just like, yo, let's just go. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. No, yeah, I'm not afraid of it. I just just never done it. Just come, like, in this fucking yard right here. You can see it's like, this is just what it's about. So when you go to class next week, it's just like, you don't feel so out of place. Sometimes you do, you do, like, I'm very hands-on in class. Like, I'm very much like, you're a white belt. I'm going to try and help you in any way possible to get ahead. Like, I'm going to be like, stop doing this, stop doing this, don't worry about that, things like that. But sometimes people are just like, not that. So you go in there and you're like an awkward white belt. You're just like, okay, like, I feel like, how do I do this again? Like, you don't feel comfortable asking questions and shit. Um, And some people, man, I mean, some people, they have an ego. Mm -hmm. And some people will roll hard with you. I mean... Yeah, it sucks. And you like, get people with that crackhead yeah, get, energy. Yeah, for sure. Like the spaz energy, where they roll hard with you. It's, a go it's just going. You need to be at a level four, bro. You're at like a level nine. You need to bring it back a bit. Yeah, it's Tuesday night. I'm gonna have tacos <laughs> after, yeah. after this class. I don't need to go home with one less elbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a dude that try, would try and throw an arm bar on me from like any position. Like he would just try and throw his legs into the bar, and I'd be like, and just drop him. And just but. What are you f- like seriously, dude? My arm is getting tired from your bullshit. Like, mm. try and actually do something. Can you try the other arm? Let's just <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Just a bam. Hey, do you roll righty or do you roll lefty? I or switch. You're ambidextrous. You well, techniques I, from both sides. I ju- I have to because like that's I, okay. right from the beginning. I knew that like it wasn't a habit I was trying to get into. Okay. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. Hitting it from both sides. That's what I'll do to white belts. I'll literally be like, don't do that side again. Mm. Like, they'll be like, they'll literally go for fit-ins, and they'll just keep going on the one side. Mm-hmm. Keep going on the one side. I'll be like, no, left. I have certain subs from the left and certain subs from the right. Yeah. But if I roll with you a lot, you know the way I position, the way I set you up, 
what I'm going to go for. So sometimes I'll be throwing something crazy from the left side that I usually throw on the right, mm. and it'll work. But like, yeah, not usually. Yeah, yeah. not usually. Because My triangle. I'm I'm trying to really perfect triangles right now because I just like uh, lazy with the triangle. And if you're just like a little too thick, I'm just like I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm like that's such a waste of time. <laughs> I gotta at least I gotta at least like stop trying to yeah. skip this. So triangles are dangerous, man. Yeah, I People find myself get, get caught up in them sometimes. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like if I get really good at them. I'll be able to identify that slip sooner. When and if you don't, I mean, and if you don't like lock in the triangle, you can always mm. sweep from the triangle. Yeah, that's what I end up going to is like I just hook inside the sweet leg and, and just sweet. try and take the try, take it to the side. When I like a lot of times, I can just finish it right from there. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just like, what do you, what am I doing? And then I get took, and then I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I just got you in that triangle. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But. Dude, thanks for coming on. Where do you want people to follow you? Do you like have social media? I have private social media, man. But again, divorce and litigation. You know, yeah, you keep, <laughs> keep, keep it looking. If yeah. you want to talk to Silas, you got to go through me. Yeah, <laughs> keep, bro. I'm his interim agent <laughs> yeah. for all things YouTube nice. and social media, for sure. So, nah, man, thanks for having me, though. No, dude, definitely. It's we'll have to have setup. you back, and I'm real stoked about training. So, yeah, but if you. Dude, hopefully you got a lot out of this episode. This was a great time for me, personally. Yeah, uh, He had a good time. Yeah, we, we all had a good time. Bruce had a good time. Bruce had a good sure. time. So yeah. hopefully you guys had a good time. So like, subscribe, follow, uh, go enter to win a GoPro. And uh, if you need anything, if you're not looking so good and you need help with your business, reach out to Gilmar. What's up? That's right. I, I mean, if your business is still trash, at least it'll make you look good. <laughs> yeah, hit me up while supplies last. You know, I'm getting emails left and right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he is stretched yeah, thin fine. right now. We might have to hire another shooter soon. So. <laughs> yeah, nice. let me know what's up. Yeah, yo. <laughs>